Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Will this be right for me? Am I fulfilled? What is my unique purpose and how do I maximize it? When we ask these questions of ourselves, we very often come up against our limits rather than our limitless potential. My guest today is Aaron McCormick, and he knows from personal experience that listening to our true inner voice can help us create an unlimited and unbounded life. Are you ready to meet him? Aaron McCormick is an author, entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, and artist whose path to success and fulfillment defies societal norms and expectations. By the age of 23, Aaron was one of the world's leading technology business transformation sales executives. He earned millions and received numerous awards and distinctions. He also had founded several companies, and he got an MBA from a top business school, even though he didn't have an undergraduate degree. Aaron's helped people of all backgrounds realize greater fulfillment and success in areas of career, personal power, love and relationships, sales, entrepreneurship, and leadership. His new book is Unbounded, Journey to Your Within. You can find out more about Aaron and his work at AaronMcCormick.com. Aaron, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate you having me. What, do you, what does it mean to be unbounded? It sounds great. It also sounds a little bit scary. Wait, no limits? None? Really? <laughs> right. What's it mean? Right. Uh, well, uh, I always just consider the basics when I think about our journey as humans, how we started, how we end, sort of the bookends of life and how we go through the middle part. And uh, if you think about our essence as babies, as toddlers, we pretty much have no bounds. At least we don't believe we have any. Right. That's why parents always have to jump in and, and, and try to guide us and corral us from potentially hurting ourselves. But we are we know what we are here to do, and that is to experience joy and experience our own expression. We want to be recognized, so we tend to vie for the attention of our parents, but we don't really want them to control us, right? That's why that one-year-old grunts and pulls away, like, leave me alone. But if you completely turn your attention away, they got a problem. They're, they're like, hey, wait, wait, notice me. So they want to be recognized, but they immediately will react when something has taken away their joy. So... What I've learned and realized about both my own personal journey and as I've just watched this whole life thing play out across all humanity, we tend to model these characteristics you know, throughout our lives. And the bindings that I talk about in the book are the things that are significantly more substantial to our existence than just our parent telling us not to walk here or there, trying to guide us, take our hand, if you will, if we're going somewhere we don't want to go when we're toddlers it becomes a bunch of external forces, energies, if you will, or people's opinions, expectations, labels, their own experiences. And this, this is everything from your parents, to your siblings, friends in the neighborhood, at school, TV, music, pop culture, <clears throat> excuse me. It's all these things that 
may not necessarily be a binder. Each one of them may not be binders, but they have the the propensity of being a binder when they actually conflict with our original essence. And so our, each of our challenges, understanding what are the things that are foreign to us that we've absorbed because of the experiences of our, again, all those things I just mentioned, parents and family and everybody else around us. Um, and we've kind of morphed into them or accepted them versus being like that original baby, that toddler, where we kind of say, no, you know, we grunt, so to speak, and we don't let ourselves live in conflict. Well, Karen, un unbounded is when you get closer to that original essence where you just agree to yourself to not live in conflict and you piece together all the many patterns and themes of your life that is trying to expose to you what you actually are without all the learned, absorbed things that have slowly kind of tweaked what you stand for, what you'll accept in your career, your love, relationships, all these things. And when we connect with that original spark, we effectively become unbounded because we don't have those things that hold us back anymore. We're living our most authentic self and purpose. <clears throat> and uh, that's that's really what uh, what the book is getting at when we talk about the term unbounded. I think one of the things that binds us to are things that we take as um, the things we take as read where we're born, who our parents are, what circumstances we had growing up. Can you say a little bit? Because your story begins in a place where if I just followed the way the story always goes, I wouldn't be talking to you right now, would I? So say a little bit about how your earlier life might have bound you to a very different outcome. No, and, and you're absolutely right. It, it is, some of the bindings are the physical. In fact, all these bindings have to do with a physical experience. So when I, before I get into me specifically, I want to touch on this. When you enter the world, you have this initial spark of what you are, your personality, your essence, if you will, that even belies hereditary traits sometimes. It just is you. And then you start to learn these things. So you, you learn where you live. You learn what sex you are, what race you are, what nationality, what... You know, all these things you start to learn, and those things do become impediments to us. So now getting back to your question about me, exactly, right? There's a lot of impediments, at least in the physical, that could have bound me, that should have bound me according to what we expect to happen. I was born on the south side of Chicago. I'm black. Uh, I'm one of uh, four kids. My parents divorced when I was three or four years old. My mom then moved around a bit, Houston, Phoenix, and back to Chicago. So from about 10 on, it was back in Chicago through about 20 or so. And I had all of the typical limitations impressed upon urban youth, where the college was not a prospect, not only socially, but also even religiously. So I was, I was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian religion, which takes the Bible extremely literally, takes Christianity extremely literally. And if Jesus didn't go get a career and uh, he he didn't become the most powerful or most uh, successful lawyer, ruler, king, or anything in a worldly sense. He just was a lowly carpenter, and he, you know, supported the, his father's kingdom or the you know talking about God. So the idea was you just don't pursue anything else. So I had psychological barriers that would uh, that was designed, I guess that that could have limited me. And then I had social barriers and society around me that just you know puts it in you that you have all odds against you and that you should just aspire to be something extremely um, limiting, if you will. So I don't know why I have been wired very differently where I would 
you know, follow the instinct. I think we're essentially two things. We're animated in two different ways, all humans. We have a bias, in the physical at least, as to how we show up and we respond in the world. I think you are either, um, you know, fixed mindset, growth mindset. And this is, this is across our kids too. This is all of us. There's no right or wrong because you designed your journey. So neither is better because they all will represent soul lessons for you. Um, and the more you go through your life and see how even the bad stuff, the seemingly bad serves you, that's also part of becoming unbounded. Mm-hmm. But, but we tend to be either expansive in knowing that I am the result of whatever I choose and whatever I do, whatever I apply myself to. And there's no ego in this. You're just, you're a baby. It's just how you either are or you tend to be more biased to, you know, the um, pleasing of parents and others. And we all want to please those around us. But, but the question is, does the fear of displeasing or upsetting some external entity whether it be organization or just any sort of entity, including humans, does that trigger you or scare you more than being in conflict with something that's inside of you? And some of us are wired to loathe the, the internal conflict more than the other thing. And it results in a life of challenges. Like when you, you know, whenever I hear somebody read off my background or bio, it's like, wow, did all that really happen? It's like, yeah, you, you, you go through all these things, but all of us have the same sort of potential um, wildly against the norm experiences provided we go against and uh, provided we actually stand up to the external things that might be holding us and we live according to more of our truth. So that's just um, kind of a universal thing that I picked up on as well. When I would look at you know some of these motivational programs, like if you've ever seen Goldcast on Facebook or um, YouTube, they have these two or three minute clips of figures that we all know and heard of. And we think that their life has just been, you know, a blessing or they're just so gifted. They're, they're so fortunate. They're doing these things that they love and everyone loves them for it. And wow, why do I have this normal life? <laughs> you come to realize what they've carried, what they've gone through, which effectively makes it now possible for them to be these highly inspirational, happy, fulfilled kind of people. That's the exact same opportunity all of us have. And, and the opportunities have been throughout our entire life, but we've gradually kind of lulled ourselves ourselves into conformity and, and acceptance of external pressure over, um, you know, not accepting conflict within. So the book is really about helping you identify your, on your own personal journey. It's not a biography of me, but there are some examples of things I've gone through, but it's really meant to take you through your own specific experiences, which I go through and also draw you to look into um, so you can connect your own dots and form your own awareness of how this works. So how do we find that? And not just courage, but I think also the imagination. I really resonate with what you say about how we can get so focused on kind of the external, the, the things that come in from outside and our desire to please other people. How do we find not just the courage, but maybe the imagination to start to transcend, to, to break out of our stupor, to kind of unlull ourselves from that conformity? How do we begin? I think b- belief and experience go hand in hand. They're super important. There, there's so many, uh, there's so much data and there's so many motivational words that are out there. And the issue with that is they go into the mind. 
And as I alluded to at the beginning, the mind is only however old we are. It's 5, 12, 60, 80 years old. That's it for the mind. But the implication that this thing that was shaping you before you learn stuff, so before the mind, your spirit, essence, aura, one thing that's been uniform across all religion for the most part in all ages is that God or source is energy, it's ubiquitous energy. It's everywhere. It's in everything and in us. And we are at one with that same force. So that's like almost regardless of what civilization you can find tracings of this belief system. So how do we get in touch with that thing instead of what the mind has been controlled, the physical mind, which has been learning and exerting the most force. Well, the first thing is you can't address it just through the mind. So that's why the book isn't about me and you taking in my experience or me just telling you what you should and shouldn't do and giving you mantras for success and you know positive motivation, so to speak. It's taking you back through your own journey so that you um, believe because you've seen and experienced patterns that you weren't aware of and now you take heed of them and then you ask yourself these questions that you have your own answers to and you have your aha moment. So once you begin to become aware through belief from experience, because experience is the best teacher, it's better than an idea, it's already happened. So once you become aware of these things, you begin to be, you become a, a little bit less fearful of the next thing because you can now look back and see that whatever it was that was so catastrophic for you or so anxiety written for you at a period in time, you might realize how it served you in other ways and how it's just like I talked about in the gold cast or some of these other examples. So now with less fear of future events, your vibrational essence is higher. And that's a scientific thing. Some people think vibration and uh, human ascension is esoteric woo-woo speak, if you will. But it's not. It's a scientific it's a measurement of the vibrational frequency of your body. If you look at something that is very traumatic and scary to you, your vibe goes very low. If you see your dog or your childhood pet or your loved one, your baby, it's way up. So by understanding how your journey is actually perfect with all of its perceived flaws, now you, now you are a little less fearful. And without fear, you have more mobility. You've heard it said fear is crippling. So without the fear... Well, now that you know life is serving you because it's enriching you in ways that you don't quite consciously comprehend, but in the rearview mirror, you're getting it. You're slowly getting it. So now you start to move in a space of independence of these barriers. You start to say, okay, well, why don't I just do this because I enjoy it? Um, and then uh, differences, things that make us insecure in relationships or economically speaking and other aspects where we're worried about being done wrong, so to speak, discriminated against, or taken advantage of in a relationship or what have you, a lot of that stuff dissipates because we realize it all serves us anyway. And therefore, you start to draw a similar sort of positive, balanced energy that's not looking and expecting a problem uh, that, you know, with all the fear that we've been taught all this time. And then you just pick up more and more momentum from there. So that's a long way of saying it's not something that you learn per se. It's a way that you comprehend your existing experiences. That's one of the biggest ways. Now, if you're too young and you haven't been through anything to connect these dots, so there is a probably an age limit of some sort uh, for the book. I don't even know what that is. 
because even at 12, if you're very introspective and you look back on what happened at seven or five, you, you, can, you can make these same principles, you can, you can see these same principles apply. Uh, does, that make, does that make sense? Did I answer your question? No, it does. And it's, um, I, I love that idea of, I'm a big proponent of kind of experimentation. I have, um, I can't even remember who, maybe Channing Nicholas said, I disrupt myself out with experimentation. And I wrote that down in a post-it note and I put it right here over my desk where I can always see it. I disrupt myself out with experimentation. I love that idea right. that through not just belief, but by allowing ourselves to have the experience of doing, feeling, knowing something different, we ourselves can be different through that experience yeah absolutely yes you're listening to out of the fog and i'm talking with aaron mccormick his new book is unbounded journey to your within you can find out more about aaron and his work at aaronmccormick.com now we were talking you were talking earlier about um how things finding the things that how things serve us in all ways, you and I are recording this in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a time of kind of unprecedented social and civilizational shift and <laughs> surge and blah, whatever the word is that means that sound that I just made. How can we live without fear? How can we be unaware of conflict during this time? I don't know if we can. Yeah. Well, ironically, the extremity of it, the presence of it, is actually teaching us all that lesson, even as we speak. I mean, you have some that are consciously, they're deliberately saying, gee, I can't work. I might as well try and start that business, whatever that is, online business, or I might as well get into whatever thing that I enjoyed. Some are consciously doing that, which is awesome. That's one way this can serve us. But even when we don't do that, Excuse me. Those of us that have not deliberately taken advantage of this window to be introspective and to go and find other ways to expand, you're still expanding. We're all still expanding from this because especially when you have not been able to work. So when you face your biggest fears, you obviously become stronger. Sometimes you decide to face them because you're just fed up. And that's why people call it an awakening. Right. When, when someone awakens and says, I'm not bound by this. I don't have to continue doing this. Awakening just means to be animated in a different way. You no longer are subscribed to a way of being. Something about you has changed and you're, you're not going to go in a different direction. So I'm no longer unconscious, but I'm, I'm consciously aware of what this does to me or what I like or what I don't like. And so I change. Well, this is a huge awakening opportunity for, so, for all of us, really, whether we choose to do so or not, because when you don't have the distraction of socializing. You don't have the the distraction of shopping, vacations. You're forced to be still. You don't even have new entertainment. No new movies are coming out. So you have, think about it, the book is about going within and like it or not, you've been with yourself a lot more. So you're, (laughs) you are within. And when you start facing things like, you know, in the physical, the stuff that we've learned, we've learned about money, commerce, we've learned about credit, livelihood and all the fears that come with not having the things I just mentioned. We've learned all this stuff. And so now you don't have a lot of it, meaning you don't, the paycheck may not be coming in. You never knew that you could exist three, four months this way, or you've, many have been worried about, this is the biggest fear of their life, especially depending on how some of us were raised, or we might've come from little means. And so you're working hard to be the opposite. And now here you are 
and, and you've, you're still alive. So whether things have helped you, stimulus, or whether bills have been waived, or you've taken a few dings to your credit, you still aren't dead. And then you find yourself going, I don't want to stay in this state of perpetual anxiety. Like, I don't know when this is going to end, but this is not sustainable for me internally. So, honey, let's go get out. Next thing you know, people are riding bikes. I talked to the local bike shop owner, and his sales are through the roof. He can't keep inventory. I just heard on the radio, roller skates, the same thing, or mm. uh, rollerblading. So people are unconsciously even finding other means to experience joy that are not as external, meaning they're not socializing, hanging with my buddies all the time, or it's not the next thing I bought per se. It's, you know, even if you bought bikes or roller skates, you get my point. It's not, that's a physical thing that you're using and that it takes you back to when you were a child. It's not just random devices, you know, clothes, a bunch of vanity, if you know what I'm saying. So in many ways, uh, this is a period of, of a collective dark night of the soul. Meaning if you, people who've heard about certain celebrities that have awakened and they seem to be so different, some call them weird or crazy, but they have all this profound wisdom coming out. What usually precedes, what almost always precedes a dark night of the soul, I mean, an awakening, is a dark night of the soul where you, the individual, might be facing either one of or several of your greatest fears ever, and it proceeds to transform you. So I believe that ultimately this period, which is we're being hit from multiple angles, from social to health, political, I mean, economic, I mean, it's, it's all over. This is serving as a dark night of our collective soul, and we are all connected on top of that, but our collective soul, such that at the end of this, on the other side of this, whatever that other side is, and I don't just mean an election. This is not about the U.S. I believe this is, a, an impact, this is impacting humanity as, as its entire paradigm. Everything about humanity is being impacted, and I believe that we'll come out the other side much better as a result of it. Yeah, I agree. It's something that takes away the distractions. It's like we were watching a stage show and then the lights came up and we can see what was there and all the things we didn't see, right? We see everything in a light that we cannot look away from. Yes. Um, And so, yeah, I absolutely agree. Now, I know we've just got a couple minutes left together. Can you tell listeners how they can find out more about you and your work? Let them know how to get the book, but what else are you working on? How can they connect with you? Absolutely. Well, the website is the easiest, fastest, Unbounded Book or AaronMcCormick.com, depending on how you like to remember things. Uh, I list both interviews like this uh, that, that are uh, substantial or that were especially um, you know, impactful for people. I also will list dates where I'll be speaking there's a documentary that is in the works. Um, so the website is the biggest one. Personally, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It is the Aaron McCormick is the, is the um, handle. And you can message me. I, I love hearing from others that have either resonated with the book or have questions by all means. And you do coaching with people as well, right? I do. As, as the bandwidth allows it, I do. So on, on the website, there's an application that you can fill out and, and as time allows. And if it makes sense, we can absolutely do coaching. Wonderful. So as we are kind of leaving each other here, what would you most like the listeners to take with them as they maybe step away from this podcast and into this reality where everything looks so different? You know, I guess it's something that they know deep down 
but our everything around us is so dense that it gets really pushed back. We all know that there's a reason we're here. Logic tells us you didn't decide. Logic tells you, what do you mean? I'm just a baby. I was born. But there's other, you know, unspoken energy inside that tells you there's a reason you're here. And there, that's the experience that you're looking to have and to expand. And that includes the challenges. So when you start to surrender, if you will, you may have heard a lot of people talk about their gift of being able to surrender. It's not always well articulated as to what that means, but it, it is allowing that force to have its way instead of shackling it. We bind ourselves through the things that we allow to suppress something that we already deeply feel. So I, I would just say, Karen, if you can love yourself enough to be to have a zero tolerance policy for internal conflict, that doesn't mean be a spoiled brat prima donna. It means find a way to address what's inside of you that wants to come out. Avoid the passive aggressive thing that society has taught us is the better way to be because you don't want to be in conflict. Well, to be in conflict with another person is a lot better, is a lot better experience even and more healthy than to be in perpetual conflict internally. Mm. And that's been proven on all sorts of levels for what it does to your body physically, not to mention your, your actual reality, your life experience. So a zero tolerance policy with, co with conflict, internal conflict, and if that means you have to get a little bit more, you know, slow down and how you're going to explain something to someone else, explain your truth. You don't want to run around trying to offend everybody, but you also just can't be uh, unloving to yourself and mm -hmm. let yourself just be completely um, suppressed to where you, you can't even recognize you. So I think um, that's really the most important thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. The clock also can't be suppressed. It ticks and like limits. <laughs> right. It's it's a binder. Darn it. It's the binding clock. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that is Aaron McCormick and his new book is Unbounded Journey to Your Within. You can find out more about Aaron and his work at unboundedbook.com or at AaronMcCormick.com. Of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can also book a private session there with me if you feel so inclined. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. <laughs>